How do you feel about your office? Is it just a space for employees to work, or is it a space where your employees do their best work? When you're in the right space, it can bring your teams closer together and be where the best talent wants to work. When you're in the right space, it can make your life easier. Whether it's a new HQ or a satellite office, with WeWork, you can find a space that works for you. Visit we.co slash space matters to learn more. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Climbing the Ivy on the Fan Sided Network. This is your host, Alex Pat, alongside Adam McGinnis. We have some news on the hot stove front, uh, some pretty big news, actually, in the NL Central. We also have Cubs making moves via the tender deadline, some that are worth discussing more than others. Um, we also have some rumors, speculations about baseball and other moves that could be made. So, Adam, welcome in. Howdy ho, Alex. How are you today? Oh, doing just fine. How about... Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Uh, so, why don't we just get right into it. Let's talk about the biggest news of the day in baseball. The rival St. Louis Cardinals got Paul Goldschmidt in a trade. And Paul Goldschmidt is obviously one of the best hitters in baseball, probably the most underrated player in baseball, and he is now property of the St. Louis Cardinals. He has one year left on his deal. He has murdered the Cubs at Wrigley Field, absolutely murdered them. And now we have to face them a lot more often. It was kind of comforting knowing that he was in another division. You only had to play him a few times a year, but... Now he's on a division rival, and he's probably the best, most productive bat that the Cardinals have had since Albert Pujols or Matt Holliday in his prime. And that's saying something because Matt Carpenter has been very good for them, but when you have a guy who's consistently good as Paul Goldschmidt, that says a lot right there. What was your initial reaction when it all happened? This sucks. Yeah. I mean, I mean really, that's. <laughs> If you're from a Cubs fan's perspective, yeah, this this is no bueno. Um, Goldschmidt makes them a much better team, that's for sure. And if you're a Cardinals fan, you you have to be satisfied this time around because it seems like the last few years they've been so upset with the front office for yeah. for having underwhelming off seasons year after year. They they never do as much as the fans want them to do. But yeah, Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt is one of the elite players in baseball, and this is going to help them out a ton. So not good for the Cubs, but it's going to make the NL Central a lot more interesting for sure. Absolutely. And here is career numbers versus the Cubs alone, 353, 471 on base. 470, that's, he's almost been on base half the time he's played the Cubs. A slugging of 699 and an OPS of 1.17. 14 home runs total. Yeah. So this this makes me wonder if the Cardinals will have him extended before the year is up. I think that's what they're going to try to do. Now, here's the thing. If I was Goldschmidt, wouldn't you test the market first? 
in free agency? I would think you would want to because, I mean, Goldschmidt – I was talking about this with a friend earlier who, who said that Goldschmidt is one of baseball's best-kept secrets, which to a degree is true. I mean, he – he is up there with the elite players in the league, but he doesn't really get talked about as much as no. you know, the Bryce Harpers, Mike Trouts of the league. Uh, but he deserves to be in that conversation. And, yeah, this is this would be the time uh, for him to really cash in on, on the career that he's had and what he can do in the future. Uh, but who knows? Maybe Goldschmidt will like it in St. Louis so much that he'll want to stay there in the long term. But... But, yeah, I mean, I always kind of envisioned him ending up, like, with the Dodgers or the, the Giants at some point when he, when he was done with the, uh, the Diamondbacks. Well, I think it was pretty clear to me that with one year left on his deal, knowing that he wasn't going to return to Arizona, they had to trade him for something. Frankly, I look at the deal and think what the, they really got a good deal, the Cardinals. I didn't think they gave up all oh, that yeah. much. I mean, Luke Weaver, he's – trending downwards so you know yeah he Luke Weaver has potential I mean he he hasn't been the uh the hot young pitcher the Cardinals thought he would be but but still in all somebody who's 25 years old and can give you uh innings that's that's still valuable in and of itself and and I'm sure the Diamondbacks still see something in Luke Weaver but yeah I'm kind of with you there. I I think it was a little bit of an underwhelming return for Arizona. Yeah, and I can't help but wonder how different it would be if there were multiple years of control on the deal, but obviously they're not. But either way, they still got a heck of a bargain. And for those of you wondering, if you haven't seen it on Twitter already, Goldschmidt is batting 337, 433, 578 with five home runs at Wrigley Field. But you know what's interesting? He has killed another NL Central team harder in his career. Do you have any idea who it is? It's got to be the Pirates. Nope. Okay, well then it's the Reds. Nope. <laughs> it's the Brewers then. Yeah, you finally got it by I knew pretty it. much testing oh, <laughs> everything else wrong. Yeah, Damn, it's good. the Brewers. He's got a 420 500 807 1.31 slash at Miller Park with eight home runs. Yeah, I guess there's your uh, silver lining. It'll be tougher for the Cubs, but then it'll also be tougher for the Brewers. So Milwaukee yeah. losing more games is a good thing. Look at it that way. There's your bright side. Well, yeah, exactly. This doesn't just affect the Cubs. Paul Goldschmidt, right. I mean, his numbers are great against pretty much everybody, and it's a problem for everyone in the NL Central. It's going to be a problem for the Cubs. It's going to be a problem for the Brewers. It's going to be a problem for the Pirates. So it's going to it's, it's a huge, huge acquisition by the St. Louis Cardinals. And look, the Cardinals have done this before where they have traded for guys and then signed them to an extension. It happened to McGuire. It happened to Matt Holliday. It could happen to Paul Goldschmidt. Again, in this day and age, I think it's more likely that he'll test the market, but you never know. You never know. Yeah, and honestly, at this point, I'm almost kind of just expecting them to extend him. It just seems like that's going to happen. But really, really, I'm just surprised they did this because this is this is so unlike the Cardinals uh, that we've gotten used to the last four or five years. They just don't make – big 
uh, big name moves like this very often. No, and I think you just got to look at it and say, well, they're probably not satisfied with the fact that they've missed the playoffs three years in a row. That's not like them at all. So they really had to make a move here because the last few years they've done very little or they've maybe one made one solid move like the Ozuna move last year. But, you know, they never really added anyone big probably since Matt Holiday. It's, it's been that long. Maybe if you count Jason Hayward a few years ago, but still, that was before 2015. So it's been a few years uh, since they've done that kind of thing. So watch out for the Cardinals. They're uh, yeah, they're ready to make a uh, make a push here. Yeah, good on them. I I didn't think they had it in them because really, yeah. you some fan, not Cardinals fans, but some you know, baseball people. Uh, I think you could argue that the Cardinals are in a position where maybe they would be justified in doing some sort of a rebuild. Maybe not necessarily tearing it all down and starting from scratch, but. But this definitely sends a message that they're going to be going for a title 100%. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because there were people thinking last year, before they went on that hot run, because remember, before they went on that hot run, they were pretty much dead in the water. And people were thinking, okay, could they rebuild here? Could they sell off a lot of assets? Could they maybe sell off guys you wouldn't expect even? Because you could sell off assets like, I don't know, Matt Carpenter, uh Wainwright wouldn't get you much, but you have some other guys on there, but maybe some other oh, yeah. younger guys too, like Harrison Bader. Could they sell that off? But, you know, no, they're they're going for it. Yeah, there, I think there are plenty of guys on that team that, that contenders would have been interested in for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of wanted to get that news out of the way because that does affect the Cubs uh, pretty greatly. But you know what? It, it'll be okay. I mean – Paul Goldschmidt is better than Anthony Rizzo, but I don't think they're they're so far apart that it, it's you know they're in the same ballpark I think so I mean it's not like the Cardinals just gained a ton of ground it, they're definitely better but I think the Cubs are still on paper the best team in the NL Central I don't I don't think you'd find too many people who would argue with that. Yeah, we'll just have to see what kind of moves the Cardinals make. And uh, could you imagine if they were able to get Bryce Harper? That would – I would lose all faith in humanity if that happened. I I could not go on. Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of Cubs fans would say the same thing. They'd join you in the pit of misery. Yeah. Now, now that would, that would change the conversation. Uh, I think the Cardinals are still weak – in the pitching department, but if they've got Goldschmidt and Bryce Harper in that lineup, then maybe we can talk about who is the best team in the NL Central. Yeah, for sure. So moving back to strictly the Cubs, uh, we had the uh, tender, non-tender deadline last week. A uh, few things have happened since then. There's one really big one that I'm going to save uh, until a little bit, but uh, some notable moves. Tommy LaSella was traded to the Angels for cash considerations. And uh, Ronald Torres, who we talked about last week, uh, was non-tendered. So I don't know what's really going to happen there. Uh, so the Tommy LaSella thing, did that catch you by surprise? I mean, yes. No. I, 
Yes, in that I liked Tommy LaStella, and I'm sort of disappointed to see him go. But I think Torres is probably better than LaStella. You know, LaStella provided a good uh, a bat off the bench. That's not always the easiest thing to find. But I think the reality is guys like Tommy LaStella aren't too hard to replace. You know what I mean? I, 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 I don't think this, this changes things for the Cubs that much. I mean, his main role was a pinch hitter, and he was a great pinch hitter, like really, really good at it. But that was his sole role because when he started games, you didn't see a lot. He wasn't a good defender. He had that one game-winning home run against Atlanta, which was awesome. I can't remember if that was a pinch hit or he was starting or not. It may have been a pinch hit, but I don't know. But, I mean, outside the pinch hitting skills, he wasn't giving you a whole lot, but you know what? You took the pinch hits when he got them because he came up with some pretty big ones uh, as a Cub. Yeah, I'll be sad to see him go. I think he could. I think he could get a lot more playing time in Los Angeles. I really do. Yeah, it's harder when you have a lot of depth like the Cubs do, because there were games when he could start like at second or third, but those were pretty rare if there was an injury or just a bunch of guys getting a day off, but you didn't see him in a starting lineup very often at all. No, you, you didn't. That's the thing is that the Cubs are deep enough in the infield. They just don't need him. Right. So thank you, Tommy LaStella for all those pinch hits and uh, the fun bouncy house uh, story and uh, the uh, 3 a.m. thing. That was always a lot of fun, but you know, Hopefully he gets more playing time, like you said, because I hope he continues to do well. And that's funny because that's another position player uh, from the championship team that is now gone. It's You may think of this Cubs core as like, man, like most of these guys were around on that championship team, and a lot of them were, but it's actually kind of amazing to look and see how many are no longer on the team, whether it's pitchers or hitters. So. I think I looked at the NLCS roster from 2015 when they lost to the Mets. I think there are only three other guys that are left on the team that were on that roster, Rizzo, Bryant, Baez. That's it. Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, those are pretty much the only guys that I really care about a lot, you know. Those guys like Tommy LaStella don't really make me think twice, like, oh, hey, he, there's a World Series player gone, you know. It, it would be a different story if it was a big name guy like Rizzo or Bryant, but I mean, most of the most of the core guys are still there. So, it, yeah, that 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 really hadn't uh, occurred to me. Which is fair, and I'm not saying it's like a, a huge thing. It was just a fun little factoid. Because oh, no. I mean, Tommy Lastella, I barely even remember him playing in the World Series. He may have had an at bat or two, but I don't really remember him playing in the World Series. Do you? Well, no, I mean, that's the thing is Tommy LaStella overall is just kind of a forgettable player. I mean, granted, that that's just the nature of being a, primarily a pinch hitter, though, you know? Right. Oh, yeah, I mean, think of all the other depth guys we had. Uh, you know, a lot of diehard Cubs fans remember these guys, but some casual fans will kind of forget about I mean, remember, we had Austin Jackson a few years ago I on was, a playoff oh, roster. I was just, you read my mind. I was going to bring him up next. Yeah, Austin Jackson, my guy. Yeah, yeah. 
And remember, he was a pretty noteworthy player on Detroit a number of years ago, but ever since he left Detroit, he's just been kind of bouncing around as a bench platoon guy. Yeah, he really has. He's kind of turned into a journeyman, which is strange to me because I think he's a, a quality player. I mean, he's, me too. he's a decent fielder, and he, he's got a good serviceable bat, too. It, it kind of surprises me that he hasn't really found a home. Yeah, because last year he was with the Giants and the Mets. The year before that he was with Cleveland. The year before he was with the White Sox, but he got hurt. And then the year before that he was with Seattle and the Cubs. And he only played 29 regular season games with the Cubs. But if you remember late in those playoff games, he did come in and uh, play as a defensive replacement. Yeah, he he played a, a fairly important role for the Cubs. But, again, he's just one of those players that it's easy to forget about him. Yeah, like him and uh, Chris Denorfia. You had Chris Denorfia for a while. Oh, man. uh, Do you remember – oh, who was the name? He was a third baseman. Uh, Was it Herrera? He had the uh, the Mm. hand helmet uh, thing. Yeah, the bubblegum helmet thing. I remember that. Yeah, the bubblegum helmet thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's another guy I totally forgot about. Uh, Denorfia had a sweet walk-off hit at, at some point, didn't he? I feel it like it was the final home game of the regular season against the Royals. It was a makeup game. Oh, they okay. won one to nothing. It was a walk-off home that's run. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that I remember that play. Uh, that's about it, though. That's about all I uh, remember of Denorfia. That's that's a cool well, name. is rumored to be on the coaching staff next year. Really. Yeah, at least that's, that's what I that's heard. Interesting. And Denorfia's okay. last playing stint with the Cubs uh, was his last playing stint. Period. Well, yeah, he was he was kind of up there in eight in years, wasn't he? I mean, he was not a, a young buck by any means. He was thirty four. Yeah, I mean that's that's older than probably the average player retires. I would guess. Well, especially a guy like him, because you remember, he wasn't really an everyday player either. Um, He did play 144 games in 2013 on a bad Padres team, but other than that, he was never really an everyday player. No, no, he wasn't. But I I don't really know enough about the guy to say whether I think uh, having him on the coaching staff is going to be good or... or, I just really don't know. I I don't know anything about him other than he did play for the Cubs at one point. Yeah. Uh, I, I I liked him as like a pinch hitter bench guy a lot, but as a coach, I, I couldn't really tell you much right there. But I really did like him as a player because I actually talked to him once when he was on the Padres, and uh, it was a very long Cubs-Padres game. We were down 13-2. to two. I was in the front row of the bleachers, and he looked up at me and said, man, this is a long game. Oh, wow. Well, you're practically famous then, aren't you? I know. A, a baseball player who's really not that well-known around the country talked to me. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can do this show with you anymore. I think you've surpassed me. I think uh, we, we are no longer equals. You, you're so far above me, having talked to Kristen Norfia. Oh, I know. I know. It's I, I didn't want to say anything to make you feel uncomfortable, but... I, I couldn't hold it in anymore. Yeah, I'm just saying what we're both thinking. Don't don't even worry about it. And uh, I just looked at his 2015 splits, just for the heck of it. 
and I looked at kind of how his at-bats were broken down. As a pinch hitter for the Cubs, I remember him being good, but here were his official numbers. 324, 378, 588 uh, in 34 at-bats, and the home run was that walk-off home run. So he was a great pinch hitter that year. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Maybe they ought to bring him back. Not as a coach, but as a player. Yeah, not really, though. I know. I, we're kidding here, folks. But No, we're not. I love Chris Norfia because he talked to me. So there you go. Anyway, like we were saying, we, we got kind of sidetracked there. That's okay. We like doing that. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what we do. That's what we're uh, not paid to do because we're not paid at all. We do this because it's fun. So fun. Amazingly fun. But, yeah, that was the whole Tommy LaStella thing. Uh, we mentioned Ronald Torres. Now I want to get this something a little more serious, and you know where I'm going with this. They tendered Addison Russell. They gave him a non-guaranteed contract. They released a statement as they did it on social media. It was a statement from Russell. It was a statement from Theo Epstein as well. It was two different ones basically put together on one social media post from the Cubs, officially released by them. I won't go into details of what they said because, let's face it, if you're listening to the show and you're an avid Cubs fan, you know what they said. You know what happened. Obviously, as expected, there were a lot of mixed feelings. I mean, I didn't expect anything different on that front. There were a lot of people upset, which I sympathize with. Overall, I really would have rather they just non-tendered him. I think that it would have shown how serious they are on stuff like domestic violence. Am I glad they're at least working hard for rehabilitation and to help or Melissa Reedy? At the end of the day, she's the most important. Her being helped and the father of her children, as she said, being helped is what's important here. I can't imagine what she went through. It, it just... Him playing on the Cubs next year would not feel right to me. I know a lot of people have different feelings. I can't tell you how to feel, but me, it just does not feel right, and that's what I'm going to say about that. Yeah, so this is a pretty touchy subject, and so it's it's easy for us to sit here and say they should have done this, they shouldn't have done that, but they they know the situation better than we do, and... To be honest with you, I I kind of wish they wouldn't have given him a, a contract either because uh, even before all of this came out, even way before there were reports of domestic violence, there had been things written uh, about Addison Russell that he really needed to grow up. Yep, and so I it, remember that. And, yeah, and, and, and it still – it seems like he has not. And so for that reason and his on-field performance, which is, quite frankly, is kind of stunk, I, yep. I just don't see, I don't see why it's necessary to keep him around unless they think that he is going to fulfill his potential at some point. Um, I don't know if I, if I buy uh, their reasoning for keeping him around or not, that, they, that they're trying – they see it as taking responsibility for the situation. I mean, it, I, it's not their responsibility, I don't think. But uh, if they're sincere about that, then then I, I guess that's fine. I, I can roll with that. You know, 
if that's really what they believe they are doing. And maybe they do, because who are we kidding? Addison Russell is not a superstar baseball player. You know, it would nope. be one thing if this guy was playing like Mike Trout, and then it would be easy for us to say, oh, this, is the, this is a lame excuse. They're only keeping him around because he blasts home runs and he's incredible. You know, yeah. that's not the case with Addison Russell. He, he's kind of uh, – he's good defensively, but other than that, like, he's a replacement-level player. So I think that maybe there is some truth to the Cubs feeling like they need to be a, a close part of the situation. Um all, 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 all I can say is that I, I wish the best for for both parties. I, I, I hope for the best for Melissa and her kids, and I hope for the best for Addison Russell too, because you know you don't have to like the guy at all, but we should all want him to grow up. You know, and well, for the sake I don't of the know, children, for the sake yeah. of the children, and that's what Melissa said. It, he's the father of her children, and. The best yeah. on both sides needs to come out. Yeah, I for the sake of everyone involved, the, the children especially, but for the sake of everyone, because I, I am a believer in second chances, and person, me personally, I I would take comfort in knowing that Addison Russell changes and eventually has. You know, I don't know me, I don't know his situation at all, but I would like to know uh, that he has a good healthy relationship with his ex-wife and especially with his children. You know, I yeah. I want that for them because I think that's the best for all parties involved. So that's what I'll say is that I I just I wish the best for everyone because I don't think I don't think it's right to just to just kick guys like Addison Russell to the curb because if you do that then they really they have no motivation to change. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I guess what my feeling was, and again, I don't know how it's it's hard for me to see how they approach this because I don't really know how they they work this out. But you know, I, I think what I was hoping for was that they would continue to be a part and help. I just don't want him being employed by them, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I mean, he may not be. Yeah, right. I he may not be. It's not one, guaranteed. Yeah, I said this on Twitter that this this does not mean he will be on the field for the Cubs and playing in a Cubs uniform again. You know, that's not what right. this means necessarily. Yeah, I mean, they're also evaluating everything as they go along. I'm sure that they one of the reasons that they gave him a non-guaranteed contract was to see how he progresses. If he's not progressing at all, then they're probably going to be more willing to just part ways with him. So I think this is kind of an evaluation period. But what I really would like to see, Epstein, Russell, Ricketts, I want to see them talk to us in front of the media. Because it's one thing to say something via a statement written down somewhere and posted on social media. I want them to be up there answering questions and really kind of giving us an idea of what's going on. Because I think if you want to show respect to your fans, I think we kind of deserve to know more about the situation because this is a very serious issue. It is, and that's my unpopular opinion, really unpopular opinion, is that I'm not a big fan of Major League Baseball handing out uh, suspensions for this because this is – things like this are so serious, it should be left just to the actual legal system. And then if the team wants to cut ties with you, then cut ties, you know, let him go. 
don't employ them anymore and let that be that. You know, this is such a serious issue that it 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 seems like you you take something away from that by having a baseball league hand out some sort of suspension. It just I know I know people will disagree with me on that and that's fine, but that's the way I see it. I my point of view is that it's so serious that a baseball league doesn't really have any place uh, reprimanding people. That should be left to the actual legal system we have in the United States. Well, the thing is, he's got to be charged to face the legal system. Yeah, so I, mean, I think at that point, that's something that it's it's between them. And if the Cubs, if the, You're saying the Cubs, the Cubs after their Russell. own... And yeah, and that's what I'm saying is if the Cubs don't like what they've learned, then they should just cut ties with him. So you think that they're not the that MLB baseball stepping in is kind of limiting what should be a more serious punishment? Is that kind of what I'm getting? Like, yeah, you're setting a standard of punishment and that punishment might not be enough. It could be, yeah, it could go both ways. It could be that it's not enough. It could be that it's too much. That you know. I just don't think it's their place. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, you are employed by a team, but in the end, you are employed by Major League Baseball. So they are the ultimate bosses here. Yeah, but see, like, I don't know, if you're, if you're bagging groceries and, and you, you get caught up in some sort of legal dispute, but nothing really actually happens, they wouldn't, they wouldn't suspend you necessarily. They, they would either, Keep you on because it's not their, you know, they're not a court. They can't decide what did and did not happen and the seriousness of the situation. If they, if they saw something they didn't like, they would just fire you. And I think it should be the same way in baseball. If they're, if they're troubled enough to hand out a 50-game suspension, then he should just be let go, period. That's what I'm saying. Well, the Cubs did have the freedom to let him go, but they chose not to. That's what I think the issue is. Even even yeah, with Major League then, Baseball stepping in and suspending him, the Cubs could have just let him go. See that that's what that's what it only brings up more questions that we will never have the answers to. Because if they if what they found is that it was serious enough to to hand out a suspension, but not serious enough to just bar him from the league completely, then that that brings up so many questions as to what happened. Well, I think that there's definitely a debate over whether or not MLB baseballs or any league for that matter has appropriate disciplinary action for these kind of things. We could go on and on for hours about disciplinary actions, but I think, you know, just to kind of sum up this this whole thing is the Cubs' decision is something that they better be ready to take heat for. I'm just going to say that. They better be ready to take heat for a kind of if, – if he's – truly on the team next year, they better be ready to feel some heat because they should darn well know why people would be upset. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 all true for sure. Yeah, but that's all I really got to say on that. We'll see what happens. We have a whole off season ahead of us. We got winter meetings. We'll see how things progress. So there's uh, this topic isn't over by any means, but, you know, this is kind of where we're at right now. And We'll see how it progresses. And that was probably the most talked about move so far the offseason for the Cubs. But I do want to reiterate the fact uh, to many fans that there's a long way to go in this offseason. There are a lot of people unsigned. There's plenty of people to be traded. 
So don't think that these tender, non-tender moves are going to be the only big moves the Cubs are going to make this offseason. I'm sure you can agree with that. Yes. Uh, I concur. Yeah. So moving on, uh, you had an interesting topic you wanted to bring up. Why don't you go ahead and bring that up? Yeah, uh, and they'll be uh, bringing up the possibility of banning the shift, and that is so stupid. It This comes up every single year, especially millennial fans who are so obsessed with tweaking rules all the time. Baseball's existed for over 100 years. It's lasted this long, but all of a sudden in this sabermetric era, we've got to we got to change all the rules because we can't have any anybody hitting 180. That's there can't be bad players. Everybody needs to be hitting 300. It's stupid. You know what? If you can't beat the shift, you suck. Learn how to beat the shift. Learn how to lay down a bunt the other way. Learn how to get a hit the other way. And people will always come back with the same stupid retort of, "Oh, you think it's so easy? You'd do it." I'm not in the MLB guy. Okay, these guys are professionals. They get paid millions of dollars to do it. Learn how to hit or bunt the other way, and maybe teams will stop shifting on you so much. It grinds my gears so much. It's like this would be the equivalent of in basketball if they had some sort of hoop technology that expanded the rim when somebody who shoots 20% shoots the ball. So everybody's got a good shot. It's ridiculous, you know? Some guys are going to hit 180. This rant has been brought to you by Fansided. Fansided, That's all I've got to say about that. for more content. Well, I mean, in hindsight, I agree. I say let them defend the way they want because I just think there's going to be a lot of subjective rules here. You can't cross the bag if you're the second baseman. What if you're playing up the middle? People shift up the middle, and you're still you still keep the integrity of the infield intact. You can have your third baseman. Uh, to the to the right of the shortstop and the second baseman to the left of the shortstop with the first baseman normal spot, but you could be moving around fielding in different positions. You could be the shortstop fielding up the middle. Are you just going to say you have to stay in one zone? I mean, how are they going to enforce that? I just yeah, I think it'd be too subjective. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Unlike in football and basketball, you know, unlike the bases, there's really no precise boundaries anywhere else on the field. You know, so it, that would be hard. That would be a hard thing to enforce. I would think Managers that if they have a four-man implement... infield, for goodness sake, or a five-man yeah. infield, and they bring in an outfielder. I mean, you're going to ban that too? That's yeah, strategy. Well, see, yeah. See, that's the thing is that you can put into place any of the rules you want, but just the nature of a baseball field means it's going to be easier to manipulate some of those rules in your favor. But I just don't understand how after. Yeah, over a century, all of a sudden the shift is a problem. Like if guys, well, it is I, being used a lot more in this day and age than it was before. Yeah, adapt. You know, these players got to adapt. The game changes. The game changes. The rules do not. That's always my take. I mean, I agree. It can be frustrating when your player is constantly hitting into the shift, but. You know, again, baseball is, like you said, a game of adjustments, and I think some players are already trying to adjust against the shift. I just think that it would be putting too much of a heavy clamp on baseball. If you really love the freedom of baseball, then let teams do what they want, more or less. Uh, sure, maybe you get a few more – maybe you see the Cubs get a few more hits uh, when they pull the ball without a shift, but 
I just think for the sake of baseball, let let them play where they want. See, this my my whole thing with this is the precedent that it would set because lately we've we've gotten into this trend where anytime there's a, a big uptick or downtick in any statistical category league wide, uh, instead of just accepting you know that that certain stats trend upwards and down downwards from year to year we all jump to the oh my god we need to change the rule so everything stays consistent every single year you know what i mean because yeah, I, think, I, know what you mean. I think that that changing a rule like this could start some sort of domino effect where all of a sudden anytime there's a huge jump uh in a statistical category we start talking about how we're going to change the rules and i'm afraid that you do that enough, you get to a certain point where it doesn't even really look like uh, the baseball of old. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'm I'm all for just not making any rules on that. I just don't want to see more subjectivity in the game. But, you know, that's me. It's funny. You look at the different opinions, like, everywhere, and a lot of people are very strong one-sided or the other. I don't see them banning the shift anytime soon. If they do, I don't think they're going to do it for next year by any means. Uh, I don't know if they're going to do it ever, but it's just a topic of conversation that's been basically brought up. So, you know, that's kind of where that whole thing comes from. I think it, I think also that this has a lot to do with the recent obsession with launch angle too, because it, a lot of teams have, have hitting mentalities now that have moved away from just making contact any chance you can get to trying to hit a bomb every time you're up at bat. And obviously if oh, you're yeah, it's a home run or strikeout game these days. Yeah, and if you're trying to hit a home run, then obviously it's optimal for you to pull the ball instead of hitting opposite field. And so yeah, sure. you're gonna see more guys hitting into the shift if they're all trying to hit home runs. So maybe the solution is to go back to more of a contact mentality. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you go to a contact mentality, it's easier to spray the ball the other way. And it's not like it's destroying players either. I mean, people shift on Anthony Rizzo every time he's up to bat. He still hit 283 last year with a bunch of home. Yeah, no, that's that's totally true. Uh, we have about – Three minutes left in the show. Was there any other baseball topic you wanted to touch on really fast? No, I think you pretty much got it all out of me. I I I, I gave my my anti rule change rant for the night, and I'll leave it at that. All right, cool. Well, thanks for that. You know, right now I don't really have much else to talk about, but we have the winter meetings coming up, and that's when you're going to see a lot of progress being made on the hot stove front. You've already had a few moves. You had the Goldschmidt move. You had the Corbin move. uh, You had the Paxton trade. You had the Robinson Cano trade. Uh, So you're going to see a lot more when the winter meetings coming up. So for a lot of people who are wanting more and more and more baseball news, Don't worry, it's right around the corner, and it is going to be nuts, especially with some of these big free agents. Really quick, do you have any bold predictions about a certain free agent, where they're going to land? Yeah, this isn't really bold because I've seen this a lot of other places, but I think Bryce Harper is going to end up on the Phillies. I think Manny Machado is going to end up on the Phillies. Some people think they could both end up on the Phillies. I think that's crazy. I, I don't some, see it. 
I don't either, but my my gut feeling is Harper to the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's out of the possibility. I think the Phillies are going to be a big suitor. I think the Yankees are going to be a big suitor. Uh, maybe L.A. could sneak in there as well. Maybe a few other dark horse teams. I know this sounds weird. I don't know if it's really going to happen, but I wouldn't exactly count out the White Sox just yet on one of those big yeah. free agents. See, but Tell us how you there's really no feel. way. There's no way Bryce Harper's going to come to Chicago and play at that dump of a field. There's just no way because he's said in interviews before. He's said in interviews before that Wrigley Field is his favorite in baseball, and that's the like the moment he stepped onto Wrigley Field for the first time was when it really hit him that he was an MLB player. So I can't see him signing to play baseball in Chicago and having it not be at Wrigley Field. What if they offer him the most money? Money talks. Uh, well, well, that's the thing is we don't know if he's going to be more money-driven or if he wants to be a part of something that's more of a sure thing as far as winning goes. Because the White Sox, they're, they're, they're trending upwards, but they're not a lock to be going anywhere too far in the future. Well, we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, we want to thank everybody for listening. We have to sign off now. We will have more content for you next week. The GM meetings are going to be starting, so that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have more guests and more surprises for you. So be ready for that. Until next time, he's Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night. I don't mean to be so uptight, but my heart's been hurt a couple times by a couple guys that didn't treat me right. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. Alexa, play meant to be. Okay. He was meant to be, With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.